to me, and, and I, I'm excited about that, but we are celebrating one year anniversary as a church plant, and can I tell you how excited I am to be a part of this supernatural journey? Can I tell you how excited that I am? Are you excited to be a part of it? I'm very excited to be a part of it. Amen. I'm so excited. So excited. And we're celebrating, think about this, we're celebrating the fact that in one remarkable year, we've witnessed a flourishing community united upon faith in Jesus Christ. That's why we gather. Amen? That's why we gather. It's not a, it's not a denominational thing, huh? Amen? It's a Jesus thing. It's a worship of God thing. Praise God. And we, we, in just one remarkable year, we've got meaningful and life-changing connections have been formed or re-engaged or reignited. There's been countless lives transformed through the confirmations of salvation and through the public waters of baptism. I, I think we're right around 51, uh, around 51 baptisms. I, I have to say it because I'm excited about that. Come on, somebody. I think that's a, 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 a what the kingdom of God ought to be about. We ought to be about seeing people saved and healed and delivered and baptized. We've got a shared journey of spiritual growth that has been engaged. There are people who are growing in their faith. Come on, somebody. Is there anybody out there today? Anybody out there today? Growing in my faith. Amen. Together in this last year, we have faced challenges. We have celebrated victories. We've overcome circumstances. And we've built a foundation of love and support right here at Hope City Church. Amen. Through missions. Oh, my favorite. It's, you guys, I'm sorry, but it's probably my favorite department in all the world. Missions department. Amen. It, it just is, okay. Through the missions department, we've blessed encouraged, provided, and empowered orphanages, foster care homes, ministries, in, and children in need. We've given to missionaries, families who may have lost their home in a fire. Over 100 gift cards were given last Sunday. God bless you, Brett. Great sermon last Sunday. People asking me, hey, is Brett a pastor on staff? He should be, all right? And uh, 100 gift cards given to veterans around our community and the surrounding areas and we'll be feeding 160 active military troops and their families but about 240 people all together and that overall total is to the tune of $18,828.87 come on somebody and that does not include directly the missions team who couldn't go on their missions trip because it got dangerous over in Guatemala. So that trip is scheduled for April. But you guys helped us raise uh, about $1,700 a person. A person, okay? A person, all right? And so here's to the countless stories of hope written in our first year and to the many more to come. Hope City Church, we've not even scratched the surface of all that God is going to do in our lives, in our church, in this community, and in the world around and about us. Happy birthday or happy anniversary to you, Hope City Church family. And Grandma Sandy. Come on, somebody. She, she just crossed her arms, you guys. That's my, that's my first, middle, and last name being called right there in public. Pray for me. Pray for me. Can we get into the word this morning? Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. We're in a series entitled Testify. And uh, the word testify means to give evidence. 
as a witness in a court of law. To serve as evidence or proof of something's existence. To testify. Now read this. uh, Let's read this together here. Revelation chapter 12. It says in verse 7. Then there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle. You know in the book of Genesis. The devil is referred to as a serpent. And here in the end times, okay, he's referred to as a dragon. Do you see Do you see a problem? Do you see a situation, right? So it says this, and the dragon lost the battle and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, it has come at last. Listen, salvation is coming. Amen. Jesus is coming back. He is going to return for a church without spot or wrinkle or blemish or imperfection, Scripture says. It says, I heard a loud voice shouting across heaven, it has come at last. Salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser, Of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they, he's talking about us now, he's talking about us, he's talking about the church. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. Because they testified of God's goodness, amen. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. All right? Pray with me this morning. God, I'm so thankful for your word. I pray that you'll touch us, strengthen us, encourage us, empower us, quicken us today, Father. God, reveal God to each and every heart and each and every life in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Christ's name, everybody said, amen. Point number one this morning, victory rarely comes without a fight. Amen. We can't just lay back and do nothing. We can't just quiet down and say nothing. And here in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, we read about the ultimate contest between the forces of good and the forces of evil. And I want to give you some good news this morning. Good wins out through the blood of Jesus Christ and the testimony of the believers. Amen. Your testimony is a powerful tool. It's a weapon in the hand of Almighty God. It's your, it, it, your testimony is both, listen, your most powerful weapon and your strongest defense. Amen? When the devil comes lying to me, I remind him of my strongest weapon and my strongest defense. Amen? The devil comes lying. He comes accusing. He comes to shame me. He comes to confuse me. All these things. I remind him that I'm a blood-bought child of the only one true and living God. Somebody say a good amen right there. I remind him, praise God, when the devil comes seeking to kill, to steal, and to destroy, that's his only antic. That's what he wants to do in your life. Amen. I remind him of all that God has already done in and through my life. I remind him that Jesus has already paid the ultimate sacrifice for my soul and that I've received his salvation and I'm going to inherit his eternal life. Praise God. Because it's about the blood. It's about the blood of Jesus. In my studies, I found something that I thought was intriguing. I can't wait to share it with you. All right? The blood, your blood does three main things scientifically. 
and we're going to talk about those spiritually as well. Of course I would. The blood does three main things scientifically. Look at this. Blood removes waste from your body. Hello? I was hoping for an amen. I was hoping for a come on somebody. Huh? Think about it. When the blood is applied to your life, where does the sin go? Huh? It leaves us. Scripture says it leaves us. The blood takes the waste from your body. It gets it to the kidneys. It gets it to your liver, and it cleans you out. It gives you oxygen as carbon dioxide is expelled from the body. The good comes. The good's coming in and the bad is going away. Come on. Amen. And the Bible says this in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, the latter part of that verse. It's the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And then in verse 9, but if you confess your sins, before uh, you confess your sins to Jesus Christ, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. There it is. The blood is pulling this away from you. You need a blood transfusion. Amen. You got a bad attitude? You need a blood transfusion. Amen. You got a bad spirit? You need a blood transfusion. Amen. Because when the blood of Jesus hits your life, it gets the unclean stuff out of your system. The second thing, the second thing that blood does, it controls the body's temperature. It controls, you ever had a fever? Amen. There's something wrong with your blood. There's, a, there's an infection somewhere. That's exactly what's going on. And if your feet are cold or your hands are cold, it's because you're not getting good blood circulation. Amen. I remember going deer hunting as a kid. And one time I finally talked my dad into starting a fire. In the woods. During deer season, I was cold. Brent, I was cold, bro. I was cold, okay? We had tiny little fires. I was warming my hand. Finally, we had this big old fire. I'm popping limbs. Don't admit, I got a bonfire going. I'm serious. My dad finally says, hey, sit down. Let's see if there's any miracle chance from God that a deer may walk through these woods. And come, uh, no kidding, and come, the largest buck he's ever killed, okay, came, came, so God bless him, okay, through me. But if you get cold, amen, you're not getting good blood circulation. If your whole body gets cold, it's because you're literally dying. You've you seen the shows, somebody shot, stabbed, run over, whatever, I'm getting cold. <laughs> Go to the light, man, you know what I'm saying, okay. In other words, watch this. The lack of blood flow will make you cold. Huh? Prove it in Scripture. Matthew 24, 12. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. Do you see it? But the one who endures to the end will be saved, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come so when you lose feeling and you do not keep applying or circulating the blood you have a problem amen I've seen church people get religious instead of grow in their in their relationship with Christ I've seen them get religious instead amen 
It's because they're not growing in that space because many have grown cold and they'll literally, literally lose their minds. They'll lose their minds when they grow so cold. They grow cold because there's no flow of the Holy Spirit in their lives. There's no flow of worship. There's no flow of the Word. There's no flow of giving or service unto others. Amen. The church is not about what you can get from it. The church is about what you can give to it. Somebody help me preach. The kingdom of God is about what you can give, what talent, what ability, what strength, what calling that God has upon your heart, what God has upon your life that you can put in, amen, to it. Praise God. And finally, the Bible says that when they were in Egypt, the blood covered God's people from death, then brought God's people out of bondage. It's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood. There's not. There's nothing else. Come on, somebody. It's the blood of Jesus. Give him a hand clap of praise. Can you do it? There's no success without sacrifice. There's a cost to every crown. Jesus, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, Jesus humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal's death on a cross. For what? For you. For what? For me. For what? For the world. And Christ's death on the cross removes our sins and cancels the records of wrong that Satan uses to accuse us. Praise God. Point number two. Victory rarely comes without a team effort. Amen. The scripture says right there in Revelation chapter 12, Michael the archangel didn't fight alone. Amen. God's kingdom is not about being alone. It's about being kingdom driven. The saints didn't overcome the enemy alone. God designed us to win in community. Amen. Write down these three, these three words, all you note takers, okay. The smartest of us all. You ready? Amen. Pride, sin, and Lucifer. L-U-C-I-F-E-R. Lucifer. They all have one thing in common. I as their middle letter. Write it down. See it? Sin. What's the next one? Pride. What's the next one? Lucifer. You better pay attention to that right there. I as their center letter. Satan is a master manipulator. And we fall too easily for his lies, his deception, his antics. Come on, somebody. Our testimony is used as a weapon. And our testimony is extremely effective in silencing Satan in your life and introducing the power of God into the lives of others. The gospel of Jesus Christ is so simple that children understand what's going on. It's us adults, huh? It's us adults that mess it all up. We turn it into something it's not, praise God. But they can understand, children understand what the gospel is being said to them. And the gospel is the power of salvation unto all that believe, and that's enough, praise God. We don't have to try to manipulate people. We're not into scare tactics. We're not trying to force people. The global church is just trying to give the good news of the message of Jesus Christ, that he's a savior, he's a healer, he's a deliverer, he's our God, and we worship him. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, 
I, I want you to qualify it right there. I don't have time to break it all down and to deal with it. But it talks about our testimony. And our testimony doesn't have to be, he says, I, I, I didn't come to you with all these smart, with, with all these smart, incredible words. I came to you with the power of God. I came to you speaking truth. And your testimony doesn't have to be eloquent. Your testimony doesn't have to be fancy. Your testimony doesn't have to be with big words. You don't have to have a college degree or be good at public speaking. Never underestimate the effect in your own words of what Jesus has done for you. Come on, somebody. Amen. Sharing that good word because what you have to say will touch someone's heart. It will be uh, touching to someone that no one else can reach. I'm not at your job. Your, mom, your mom's not at your I know your mom prays, man. She prays and she loves God and she worships. She's not at your job. You're there. She's not with your kids. Come on, your grandma, that's, that's not her. It's, it's part of her role, but it's not her only role. Amen. It's part of our role as parents. I, I love this. I, I found this. The word testimony translated from the Greek, it, it's the word martyria. I'm probably butchering it because I don't speak Greek, but anyways, martyria. But here's what it means. Testimony means evidence. My, te- my testimony means evidence. I-, I love this. This is so good right here. But not just any evidence. By looking at the word, you'll notice that the root word is martyr. And so, in essence, the testimony or your evidence may be defined here as the evidence of what nearly killed you. Huh? The evidence of what nearly took, how the devil was lying to you and cheating you and frustrating you. You know what else? You know what else has an I right in the middle of it? Pride. P-R-I-D-E. Write that one down. That's a good one right there to remember. Pay attention to those things, right? It's the evidence of how you made it through your toughest trial. It's the evidence of how you've overcome your past. It's the evidence of how you're even still alive today. That God, if it wouldn't have been for God, because your testimony, it's your story. It includes the pain. It includes the victories that you've been through on the way to where you are today. And all of us have experienced some things that have cut us to the core. And some of us, uh, their faults are of our own others are not someone who wants struggle with sin may have an inner feeling of shame or a victim of abuse could feel unloved or a former drug addict might exhibit scars but these moments and feelings may uh, may mark the beginning of our testimonies but they are not the end God's not done with me yet he's working through me still he's got a mission and a purpose and a call and a design amen and it's the wonder of the blood that's the healing power of Jesus Christ that's what it says in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5 that Jesus was pierced for our rebellion he was crushed for our sins he was beaten so we could be whole and he was whipped so we could be healed I walk in that healing and I walk in that deliverance and I say God heal me yet again strengthen me yet again encourage me yet again that's why we come together and we pray amen that's why we take communion which we're taking next Sunday. we're taking communion next Sunday amen it's time It's time to worship the Lord in that way. Jesus' blood, think about this, completely dissolves our sin. 
completely dissolves our shame and covers us in his righteous identity. And scars are simply wounds that are healed. Hello? Scars are simply wounds that are healed. I remember when I was in a car wreck in 2014. Broke my pelvis, all of my ribs on, my, on the right side of my body, had a skull fracture. Oh, Pastor Mike, that's what happened to your face. Yeah, that's what happened to my face. I wasn't born this way. Come on, somebody. And I remember they, they got into my back and they put screws and bolts and nuts and all kinds of things. They got into my pelvis. They put me back together. And I remember I had this big hip, this big spot on my hip. And I would kind of try to hide it because it was a big scar. It was right on my gluteus. Maximus, on both sides. And I told my wife, I'm going to look, I'm going to look weird. I kind of, you know, I mean, it looks like I had a Brazilian, anyways, I was nervous about it. And I felt weird about it, but only I saw it. Wasn't showing it to everybody, but I knew it was there. And, and now I'm healed. There, there's still a scar there, but it's been healed. And it finally went down. Like I, I never thought it was going to go down. I thought I was going to have a little bit of pooch on both sides, on my right and my left side. Amen. But my scars are simply the wounds that have been healed. And they're healed. Amen. They no longer carry the pain. They no longer carry the shame that they once did. They no longer carry all those things. But they're evidence of God's healing and reminders of God's power. Praise God. So we use our testimony as a weapon. And in doing so, we defeat Satan in at least three intimidating and powerful ways. Number one, sharing your testimony connects with others, connects you with others. Amen? You don't have to go out and work on a testimony. You might have been born in the church. And your testimony is as God saved me and healed me and delivered me as a five-year-old in a, in, a, in a service or in a campus. And God's moved in my heart and he's kept me from all those things. That's more powerful a testimony than you went out into all the world looking to fill the God-shaped hole. Come on, somebody, help me. I was looking to, to, to fulfill this God-shaped hole that was in my, that we, 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 we build those things up. But listen to me, we, 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 we got to share the struggles. We got to share the victories from our own struggles. Amen. Because when people identify with what I've gone through, they're interested in learning how they can overcome. Amen. How can I get to that? How can there be hope in my heart? And only at that level do you have real opportunities to see the brokenhearted healed and restored. So open up your mouth and share your testimony. Share your evidence. Come on, somebody. Share what God is doing. Tell them. Tell the world. Number two, we defeat the devil. By sharing our testimony, it raises you above the influence of your past. It raises you above it. People fear, well, if I tell them the truth... Don, if I tell them what I used to be like, they're gonna never, they're gonna not friend me. They're gonna delete me. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna kick me out of their life, right? Amen. We we think this, but watch this. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, just after the Bible boasts about the power of testimony to defeat the accuser, and it concludes with this. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid. To die. What's this talking about? It's talking about the crucified life. I'm living my life for a cause. 
I'm living my life for a purpose. I'm living my, my, my life for a design. And if your past is completely nailed to Christ's cross and covered by his blood, then your record of wrong should no longer haunt you and you should no longer fear the opinion of others. That's devil's work. That's lies from the enemy, praise God. And if you do fear the enemy or you fear all these wrongs, the path to overcome, you ready? Start to share your story. Start to share your testimony. Start to share your evidence. What God has done. And it will overcome the enemy. Through the blood of Christ and the what? The word of our testimony. The word of our testimony. Praise God. Amen. And each time you share, another nail goes in, uh, goes through the influence of your past until it's completely dead to you. And the coffin is sealed and buried. Praise God. Point number three, victory should never come without celebration. Amen? You ought to celebrate. You ought to celebrate. I was so excited for our kids, man, singing and worshiping today. And they were dancing. They had that cool move. I wish I could do it. Come on. Wish I had it in me. Pastor Mike, you look like you were hurting yourself. I was. Victory should never come without a celebration. The third thing that the devil, you get to destroy the devil with, is sharing your testimony releases hope as the worship team comes. Each one of us was rescued and brought out of sin for a reason. I can't wait to show this to you. I've been waiting all week to show this to you. 1 Peter chapter 2. You, you have no idea of the roller coaster I'm on. From Sunday to Sunday. You have no idea. You have no idea. I don't mean it rude. I don't mean it, mean it negative. But it's a roller coaster of events from Sunday to Sunday, okay? Like the Screaming Eagle roller coaster in the back. You know the one that comes off the tracks? Have you ridden that one? Okay, if you haven't, God bless you. I'm not going again, okay? Not going to test God that way again, all right? <laughs> it's a roller coaster of events. There's, there's this extreme high on Sunday, all right? And the extreme low, and then and, and this extreme high, and I go around a bend, go upside down, and that's all just to pray for God to give me a sermon to preach for the next Sunday. Come on, Smitty, you can hear what I'm saying to you. It's a roller coaster of event, amen. But I want to show you this, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Each of us rescued, brought out of sin for a reason. Look at this right here, this is so good. This is so that you... Right there in your Bible, underline it. You. Maybe you have a highlighter. Highlight it. You. So that you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you. Underline it. He called you. He called you. He called me. I, I engaged that. God called me. What did he do? He called me out of darkness. Are you seeing it? And he calls me into his marvelous light. He's called me out of the dark He's called me out of the depression. He's called me out of the anxiety. He's called me out of the sin. He's called me out of the frustration. He's called me out of that space. What do people think of me? He's called me out of that space. He's called me into his light. 
He's called me into his marvelous light. Or scripture says his wonderful light. And in these dark days, it's critical that people see the hope of resurrection. You are looking at a man resurrected. You're looking at a life resurrected. I had trashed it. I had frustrated it. I had gone my, my very last mile. And I said to myself, God, I need a miracle. And God showed up. He saved me and he healed me, he delivered me, he rescued me, and he called me into the ministry on a Tuesday night at a revival. Filled me with the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Laid me out, slain in the Spirit, laid me out on the floor. I didn't even know what was going on. I was just getting full of his presence and full of his power because I made surrender. And people need confidence that God is real, that God loves them. That he could truly transform their lives into something of unprecedented value. And one who's experienced that transformation, your testimony has the power to release that kind of hope. I was telling my wife the other day, we were joking around about this, how mean I was in high school. Look at you, you don't even believe me. Neither did she. She was like, nah, uh-uh, that wasn't you. I said, yeah, you know, I mean, I looked tough. I had this mean face because I was angry. <laughs> and a mullet. Mullets never die, baby. I wish I could grow one. Wish I could get me one. Amen. Had this mindset. I thought I was so mean and hardcore and bad to the bone. Listen, that was the sin in my heart. That was the sin in my life. My wife said, you, you, you weren't tough like that, okay, but... When I did experience hope, people did see a change. And that kind of celebration happens because we realize not only do we have unconditional access unto God, but we also allow, uh, we also allow ourselves to seek to invade enemy territory by preaching out to others with the gospel, by reaching out to them and preaching to them. Perhaps your story will encourage the addict that freedom can be had. Amen. Perhaps your story will encourage the sick that their symptoms are not the final answer. Or the depressed, the depressed that there's a place of exceeding joy. Or the outcast that there's acceptance and love. Or the worried that God will provide. No matter how big or small, your story might be just the hope that someone needs to make it through whatever he or she faces today. So don't hold it back. Share his love. Share his truth. Share your testimony. Share your evidence. Amen. Share your evidence with those around and about you. And watch what God will do in your heart. We've got to enlarge our circle of love. Listen to me. To include every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every color, every variation of person. Amen. Come on, somebody. We love you. We love you. We can't wait to love on you. We can't wait to strengthen you because this is the gospel. It's all inclusive. God sent his son to rescue mankind and Jesus laid down his life for all of mankind's salvation. Christ's sacrifice makes us righteous before a righteous God. Receiving that makes us saved, but accepting that makes us whole. Walking in that makes us healed, delivered, and eternally ready for heaven. Are you ready this morning? You ready this morning? Will you stand with me all over the building? As our prayer team comes, 
You say, Pastor Mike, I need a touch in my mind. I need a touch in my body. I need a touch in my spirit this morning. I need God to do something powerful in my heart. I need him to do something powerful in my life. Pastor Mike, I need to, I need to begin to share that testimony. I, I'm, a little, I, I'm a little quiet. Listen, the Holy Spirit will make you bold. The Holy Spirit will make you bold in your faith, confident in your faith. Not confident in you, not confident in what you've done, but confident in what he's done in you. It's a, that's the game changer. You say, Pastor, I need God to touch my heart. I want him to touch my life. I, I need God to help me share my testimony, to share the evidence of what he's doing in my heart, what he's doing in my life. You need a touch in your body. You need a miracle. You need us to pray for you. You want us to lay hands on you and declare Isaiah 53, 5. You, you need us to pray and, and, and minister unto you. We want to do that. We want to do that for you this morning. You don't know Jesus as your Lord. You don't know him as your Savior. You want to say yes to Jesus. I invite you to come to this altar this morning, this altar of prayer. There's a team that's been praying all week. They've been thinking about you. They've been fasting. They've been believing that God is going to touch you and strengthen you and encourage you and fill you with his presence and fill you with his touch. Would you come this morning? Would you empty yourself of the pride? Would you empty yourself of the fear? Would you empty yourself of the frustration, the anxiety right now in the name of Jesus? Come to him. Come to him. All, scripture says, all who are weary and heavy laden and Jesus will give you rest. Would you come tonight? Would you come this morning? Would you come and allow God to do a work in your heart, do a work in your life? In the name of Jesus, we're going to sing. We're going to worship. We're ready to pray. We're ready to believe God for a supernatural touch in your life and in your body. In the name of Jesus.